we got up at, well, not that much earlier, but we, we, we've been away camping and um, we, we had to get up a little bit earlier and um, make sure we got back up here ready for Resurrection Sunday, which was great. So it was all a bit of a, a, bit of a, a rush early on. But we're here now, we're together, and I just think there's a, there's a really wonderful spirit in the house this morning. Um, why wouldn't there be on Resurrection Sunday? This week, uh, I, I bought a, a gluten-free hot cross bun. Um, I, I've been eating gluten-free for a number of years now, and um, there's not a lot I miss. It makes such a difference to me. I'm quite motivated to eat that way. But, um, you know, one of the things that I actually miss more than anything is, is fruit buns. Um, you know, the, the hot cross buns. I actually like them. And... Um, and so whenever I see gluten-free ones, I get quite excited. So I, I went into um, a, a, a little bakery over here in Moona, sort of quite a, quite a hip sort of joint, and, and they, had, they had gluten-free hot cross buns sitting on the counter. And I thought, you beauty, I'll have one of those. So, so I'm walking away eating my gluten-free hot cross bun. They're not quite as good as non-gluten-free ones, but they're all right. And, and I'm thinking to myself, and, and, and I look around the, the staff and the people that are in this great little cafe over here, and it's, 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 quite, it's quite multicultural. There are people from, um, from, from all over the place that work in, in, in that place. And I'm thinking, people would have been there putting the, putting the crosses on all these buns. And I'm thinking, what do they understand? Do they understand what the cross means? Maybe some of them do, maybe some of them don't. I don't know. I'm not judging that. But I was just, I was just thinking as I was eating this hot cross bun, what did the cross actually mean to, to the person who was actually putting the cross on top of those buns? And the symbol of the cross is one of the most intriguing recognized symbols that you'll see anywhere. Even those who don't identify with the Christian faith often have crosses. Um, if, if we went out into the street, or even if I started asking people to, to roll up their sleeves now, I, I probably wouldn't have to go very far before I found a, a tattooed cross sort of up here or, or up there or, or somewhere. And as I walk around the streets again, I, I see lots and lots of crosses that are tattooed on people. And again, you know, I, I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that something that we hold so dear and we know the power of is so recognized across the globe and on people. But I still ask the question, does that person understand the power of the symbol? Even Hobart's controversial dark mofo, which, you know, stirs lots of things up. But, but it's interesting, so many times... So central to all their artwork and their themes have been the cross. And I remember a number of years ago, Alex and I were in, in the food hall there and all sorts of stuff going on. And, and the, that what struck us in, in Elizabeth Street Pier, the same place we do church together. And, and so often we would do that a, a week or so um, prior to Dark Mofo. And, and we were, we were in there and, and just, just these red crosses hanging up everywhere. And in what is some ways seen a festival of darkness was this symbol that brings light and hope and power to everybody who knows what it means. If you're a follower of Jesus, you know that the cross is much more than a symbol. 
It is the bridge between a broken and rebellious humanity and a loving God. It remains and always will be the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate act of love, the ultimate rescue, the ultimate plan of transformation and the ultimate historic event. The cross changed eternity. Isn't it interesting, like our dating system, uh, until very recently when somebody just had to, had to change it to make it seem like something else. But, but you know, we had, uh, you know, we, we've, got, we've got BC before Christ and we, we, we've got AD um, in English after death. Latin is, what is it? Aulo Domino. Domino, something like that. <laughs> Meaning the year of our Lord. Alto Domino. The cross changed eternity. It didn't just change our dating system in, in the Western world. It changed eternity. It was actually the central focus of all eternity. Get this. If you're a follower of Jesus, in 155 billion years from now, we will understand that we are enjoying the absolute magnitude of the glory and the goodness and everything else that being in the presence of God will mean because of the cross. And 500 billion years from that, it still will not be forgotten because it actually changed the course of eternity. The symbol of the cross will continue to intrigue, it will continue to be seen, but its power will remain forever. It will endure social change, it will endure public policy change, its power will gather momentum and it will see more and more lives transformed and set free and societies changed and set free. The cross is the gospel. Without the cross, there is no gospel. The cross is good news. Gospel means good news. The gospel is the good news that in Christ, the penalty of our sins was paid for fully by Jesus. You know, you know when you have a, when you have a, a, a like a, a relationship that breaks down and, and then you sort of, you work it out, you, you, you come back together and you talk through and there's apologies and there's things like that. But you know, it's not, it's not always instantly fixed, is it? The, the stuff that's gone on, the pain that's there, whatever else, it actually sometimes, it, it often changes the dynamic of that relationship, perhaps for forever or for a period of time. But did you know when, when Jesus actually paid for our sin, for our separation from him, it was like fully done. It was like fully paid. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, we're going to say sorry and we'll work this out over time and things will get better. No, it was done, fully paid. When he rose from the dead, he had actually finished a work that had fully paid for all of our rubbish, for all of our stuff, fully done. Yeah. 
By this, sin's powerful hold on our lives, which ultimately leads to death, has been completely defeated if we will fully trust in Jesus Christ's accomplishment. That is, that he paid sin's penalty and conquered sin's power, which is made complete in his resurrection. That's what we celebrate today. Now listen to this. Just think about this for a minute. That the cross would be nothing but perhaps a nice symbol that we wear around our necks or tattoo on our arms if it were not for the resurrection. It would be nothing but a hollow memorial without the resurrection because we live on the other side of the cross. We live in the victory that was achieved through the penalty of sin being paid for and and it's like through the death of Jesus that was paid but the subsequent resurrection showed that it worked. Get that, it worked. Did you know that the more I thought about this and have delved into it, that if Jesus had of paid the price for our sins and somehow he didn't sort of get it all, somehow he just sort of missed the Grant Mullen section, which was just too hard to go there, and, 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 you know, but if, if he didn't do it all, he would not have been able to resurrect himself from the dead because it was the fact that he completely did the work, he completely paid the penalty of sin, that meant that the, the penalty of sin which leads to death had no power over him, it has no power over anybody else who puts their trust in Jesus Christ, which meant that he was able to resurrect himself. The resurrection showed us that it works. Jesus' resurrection from the dead was not just a nice end to a story it's not like that movie you know when when it gets to the the almost that penultimate point and 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 you know it looks like there is no hope for for the hero of the movie And, and you're thinking i can see the story i can see the end but i just i just want the hero to come through so i can i can finish this movie and feel good anyone been there who feels sort of ripped off with a reality movie <laughs> where the hero doesn't always come through and it's sort of this, this thing that leaves you a little bit hollow and reflecting on it and you know it's, you know it's more true to life but you don't get that nice feeling that you get when the, when the hero comes through and at the uh, 11th hour somehow finds a way to, to, to come through and live happily ever after and be the hero. You see, resurrection wasn't just so that we could have a nice fuzzy feeling at the end of a horrific story. The resurrection is the power of the gospel. The resurrection proves that it works. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, no matter how broken you feel, no matter how dysfunctional your family may have been, no matter what things you've been in, no matter what substances you've taken into your body, no matter what things have gone wrong, the power of the gospel says that that has been dealt with and you can be free of it. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. This is not just Dave. The Bible says it. It says, And if Christ had not been raised, then your faith would be useless and you would still be guilty of your sins. 
Without the resurrection, we could come to church every week and, and we, could, we could lament our sins and we could do all that, but our faith would be useless. That's why Jesus was able to resurrect himself because he had paid the price and sin had lost its power. I just want to encourage you. This is something that we as Christians don't get enough. That the power of the resurrection has set you free of your stuff. It has set you free of your stuff. It doesn't mean you won't live in a broken world. It doesn't mean you won't live in less than ideal situations. It doesn't mean that you're going to step into a fairy tale wonderful ending. It actually means that you can actually live set free from the power of the stuff that goes on around you. That is the gospel. Sin and death no longer have the power to determine the cause and the future of your life. See, the resurrection of Jesus gave you a cause to live for that is bigger than anything else you could possibly imagine. The resurrection, the power of the cross, meant that you actually have something much more powerful than that that can determine the future of your life. That is the gospel. This is what Paul says. I I love these verses. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And and listen to a bit of the background of what Paul was doing here. It's the book of Romans, so... Even if you're like me and can't pronounce Latin, you can actually work out that he was writing it to people in Rome. And Rome was, well, the Romans thought they had a pretty sophisticated city, but when you dug under the surface a little bit, it was pretty rotten, like some of our cities today. And... In a sophisticated city like Rome, some people would be embarrassed by a gospel that centered on the crucifixion. In other words, the lowest criminal death that could be given to anybody by a Jew who were really way down in the pecking order as far as the Roman Empire were concerned. A Jewish saviour and embarrassed that it had actually often been taken on and embraced passionately by the lowest classes of people. Does that sound a little familiar to today's society? Where we would have perhaps a feeling amongst the intellectual elitists... I'm not talking about being smart. I'm talking about a culture and a field that actually some ways pervades our society that would actually use a very similar narrative. But in that, Paul says, I am not ashamed. I want to encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus, these are the days. (laughs) These are the days where our heart has got to say, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why am I not ashamed of the gospel? I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power under salvation of everybody who believes. Wow. Paul's not ashamed because he understood its power. 
He had experienced its power. He was lived and sustained in its power. He had a hope that was connected to its power. You know, when you know something is good, when you know something is quality, when you know something's worked, and even if it's not the, the fanciest brand, have you ever, have you ever sort of brought a, you know, perhaps you've bought a tool or an appliance or something and it's not the, it's not the best brand. But you're just surprised how well it works. And it does the job better than anyone else. And you're actually, you're not, you're not ashamed to have that thing sitting on your bench or that thing in, in full view. Cause it's like, hey, you know, I, I could have, I could have gone and got the, uh, I could have gone and got the, the Ray-Ban sunglasses. But I proudly wear these things. Cause they work. Because because they, they they do the job and I, and I actually like that and you're not ashamed because you know you know that you've actually got something of quality and Paul's saying you know when the, the the gospel is actually has so much power that it doesn't matter what people say or think about it you can actually stand anywhere you can actually you know you can stand you know you you, you can stand in the pub with everybody carrying on or you can stand you know right in the the highest intellectual echelons and you can actually be completely confident that it works and you are not ashamed of it because it actually has the power to change people and transform lives. It has the power to save you. It has the power to set you free. It actually is power. Listen to this. If you're you're taking your notes this morning, number one, the power of the gospel, it transcends race, class, and gender and prior opportunity. The power of the gospel transcends race because that, that verse there says, you know, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And, and, and they were taking the power of the gospel beyond race. They, they were taking it beyond class. And, and, and if you actually start to read particularly the, the, the teachings of Paul where he addresses the church, that, that the power of the gospel actually brought freedom to gender. Because they wouldn't have even mentioned women in a whole lot of other religions because they were just, you know, seen as, as possessions. Um, they just sort of went along with the flow. But, 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 it, but the power of the gospel actually lifted them up and addressed them as individuals, as creations of the Most High God like they were always supposed to be. It was revolutionary in that time. It was Jew, Gentile, Greeks, Romans, men, women. The power of the gospel transcends class, race, Gender and prior opportunity. See, I'm lucky. I had the opportunity to understand the gospel because I was privileged enough to grow up in a family who understood that. So I had opportunity. And you might be thinking, well, gee, I, I didn't get that. My family was really different. But the power of the gospel can reach you in that situation, just like it had to reach my little rebellious heart who didn't want to make the same decision that my parents had made because I wanted to be an individual. The power of the gospel will reach you in your situation. Come on. Number two, the power of the gospel, through its humility, 
As I said, you know, it was this humble thing that, 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 that in the center of the Roman Empire, people would look down their nose at it. So, so there's a, there's a humility about it, but through its humility, it will actually shame the powerful. It says this in 1 Corinthians 1.27. It says, instead, God chose things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Maybe this morning, maybe this morning you are not feeling particularly empowered. Maybe your situation is powerless. Maybe you feel like you're stuck. Maybe you feel like there's no way through what's going on. Maybe you've been through some stuff where you feel like you've had power stripped away from you. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a work situation. You know, I've been talking to people recently and stuff goes on in work situations where you can actually, you can feel completely disempowered. But the power of the gospel in its humility will actually shame those who believe they are powerful. Because we know that true power is actually not found through force. It's not found through just saying, oh yeah, I've got it. It is actually found in a mighty surrender where, where we surrender ourselves to a greater power. In its humility, it will shame the powerful. Number three, the power of the gospel can determine where you are going in spite of where you've been. The power of the gospel can determine where you're going in spite of where you've been. The gospel is more interested in where you're going than where you come from. The most important question I think that I can ask you this morning is, is where are you going? You know, I don't, I don't really, apart from the fact that everybody's got a story and every story is worth celebrating, every story is worth understanding, but your story, your past, your background does not have to determine your future. Because when Jesus died on the cross, when he overcame the power of sin, he said, I am not going to let your past determine your future. I am going to determine your future. And and I believe I'm talking to people here this morning. You're thinking, you don't know what I've been through, Dave. Stuff has gone on. I have stuffed up so bad. I have done things that I wish I could take back. Hey, welcome to the club. But you know, like, like that, your past will not determine your future. Thanks, Greg. Number four. The power of the gospel determines your worth above what anyone thinks or says about you. The power of the gospel determines your worth above what anyone else thinks or says about you. People who sort of understand psychology will tell us that often our worth is determined by what the most important person in your world thinks about you. And sometimes, you know, can you, can you, you can think of this. Sometimes even when you're at school, the person who was 
almost felt like the most important person in your world probably didn't even know you. You know, maybe you're, you know, you're, you're at school and, and you just sort of worship the coolest kid in the school. You thought, oh, I, I wish they would notice me. I, I would like to be like them. And, and, and somehow your self-worth is determined by what they think about you. And obviously as we go through life, that, that changes more. And, and, and obviously those that have, have enjoyed and been part of, of good, healthy relationships where you've actually got people in your world who, who you know, in spite of, of knowing your, your faults and your, your weaknesses, but they, they value you. They think you're awesome. And if that person is in an esteemed position in your life, you actually feel much better about yourself. Here's the question. Because those people are not perfect, are they? Sometimes somebody can be just amazing in your world and something can happen. You can lose them to an accident, a relationship can change, something can happen in their world and, and, and things go sour. All sorts of things can go on. My question is, have you given Jesus preeminence? See, if he is the most important person in your world, well, then what he thinks about you is going to have more importance than anyone or anything else. If Jesus is the most important person in your life, you will define yourself by what Jesus thinks about you. What does he think about you? He thinks you're fully amazing. He's crazy about you. So crazy about you, he was actually prepared to die for you and actually carry the weight and the power of sin and go through what we could never imagine and then rise himself from the dead so that he could reach you right now. Jesus says some pretty incredible things about you. He said that he loved you before the creation of the world. He says he knows your innermost thoughts. He said he put you together inside your mother's womb. He actually has this amazing sense of care about you. He says that you can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than anything that you would ask, think or hope for. That's what Jesus thinks and says about you. And so often we're having a bad day because some random person in the street said some stupid thing. And my encouragement is is when that happens, let's just park that and say, what does Jesus think about me? Because suddenly those things will matter so much less when you know that Jesus thinks that you're amazing. He thinks that you can do anything beyond even the things that you would hope for in your wildest dreams. Jesus also, he meets your need for love and acceptance like no one or nothing else can. Some of you sitting here would have been um, some people here. I've been married a long time. I can see my my mum and dad and Jeff and Rosie down the back there. I think we've got we've got 50 plus years over there, and 
Jeff and Rosie are probably heading in that direction. And they will tell you that they've enjoyed a great marriage. They would all both probably tell you that they've enjoyed moments and seasons that have been hard work. But they would also say, as much as they feel esteemed and loved and valued by their partners, that there'd be things their partners don't quite get. The things their partners don't quite understand. There'd be times their partners don't feel every need that they have. Jesus is able to meet your need for love like no human can. He can actually meet you where you're at. He can understand the stuff that that nobody else gets. He's actually, he's not put off and the way he treats you is not determined by the way you've just treated him. See, if I, if I, if I come in, if I come into our house and I've had a, had a bad day at work and, and I walk in hangry, and, and, and have an argument with Alex or something like that and don't treat her particularly well and, and then start to, two seconds later, tell her about some, some really deep, important stuff and just expect that she's going to be there and she's going to get it, who knows that that probably won't work that well. Because we're humans. We, 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 need, to, we, need, we need to understand that with each other. But you know what? Jesus... Jesus isn't determined by how you've just been in, 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 in the minutes before. Of course, of course, if we, if we continue to sin and don't ask for forgiveness, that puts a barrier up because we can't come to him. And the barrier's, the barrier's with us because he knows the sin's forgiven. But, you know, he, he can meet a need in you for love and acceptance that no human can possibly meet. And I think one of the ways that we go wrong is we, is we, we expect people to do what people can't. We often expect our, our, you know, our close relationships, our husbands, our wives, our partners, we expect them to, to actually meet a need that only Jesus Christ can meet. That there is a love and acceptance that is actually beyond the capacity of any other human. Because it actually needs to be met by somebody who created you and understood you, understood you before the creation of the world, understood you while you were being put together, understood you while your brain and your personality were actually being formed. So often I get frustrated because I think, well, people don't understand me. You know, sometimes I think, oh, they, they, didn't, they didn't get the heart of what I was saying. I didn't mean it like that. Anyone been there? And, and, and you know, and, and that's true because no person's good enough to be able to get everything. People can't read our minds. They can't know all, all that sort of stuff. So they've just got to go with our body language and our cues and all those things. That's just normal. But you know what? Jesus actually knows how your personality works. He knows how you're put together. He actually gets you when perhaps the rest of the world doesn't. He actually meets your need for love and acceptance like nobody or nothing else possibly can. Does the team want to join me, please? We sang that song and... 
repeated through it was, let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. And, and, and why, why do, why, I believe that that is quite a, a now prophetic song in what is going on across the globe. Why, why does the church need to say amen? It's not about, it's not about the community. It's not about society saying amen. It's about the church saying amen. Because, you know, if we want, if we want society, if we want other people to be impacted by what has impacted us, we have actually got to be those that say, I am not ashamed of the gospel because I know that it has the power to set lives free. And and, and when we actually start to think those things, we're going to be the ones that are saying amen. There is a resounding, alignment and a declaration between what we know is true and often the narrative that comes out of our mouth. And this is a time, this is a season for an amen narrative (laughs) where we've got to say we know that there is nothing else that is actually going to meet the needs of society around us like the power of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, the power of the gospel. That actually says that. Hey, we've had a had a lot of stuff going on about class and colour in our society, haven't we? And it's not an easy fix, is it? But the power of the gospel transcends race colour and class because Jesus created every single person the way they are and he is crazy about every single one of them power of the gospel in its humility will shame the powerful if you feel intimidated if you feel like there's stuff going on that's beyond that don't worry about it the gospel can stand alone in any place in any court in any situation The power of the gospel can determine where you're going. If you're here this morning, and I'm going to give an opportunity in just one moment for people to actually make a decision to be set free of the power of sin and rebellion and ultimately death, for you to actually experience an unconditional love that can never be taken away from you. I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. But the gospel will determine where you're going. It doesn't care where you've been. The power of the gospel determines your worth above what anyone thinks or says about you. Jesus is crazy about you. If you're with us online right now, you're here in this in this room. I want to give you that opportunity right now to experience the love power and the grace of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that very simply says that if anyone would call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ not just as a historical figure but as the saviour God himself who came and died on a cross and actually took on all the punishment
that a broken humanity actually deserves to carry themselves. He took it all and rose from the dead because he is absolutely crazy about you. And if you've never said, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you've died for me. I, I, I actually believe that you love me. Forgive me. Forgive me for my part in humanity's brokenness. Right now, I want to come to you. And we just bow our heads, close our eyes if you're online. Just stay with me just for a moment because this is the most important question I can ask. See, I can, I can, I can listen to your story and I can understand where you've been and, and that's a nice thing to do, but I'm actually more concerned. I'm more concerned about where you're going. I'm more concerned about you living the rest of your life empowered and loved and knowing that you have a purpose. I'm concerned about where you're going to spend eternity. I want you to spend eternity in the same place I'm going to spend eternity, where we can actually celebrate all things forever. If that's you this morning, you've never done that, you've never come to that point, that place. You're not feeling loved, you're not feeling empowered, but you want to take that, that risk on Jesus right now. Why don't you slip your hand up? right where you are. If you're online, send us a, a direct message and our team will get in contact with you. If that's you, give me a wave. Say, hey, Dave, that's me. I, I need to do that this morning. Is anyone in the room here? Anyone online that needs to do that right now? Just give me a quick wave. Say, I'd like to make that choice. Just while people are thinking, maybe the, there are others here and you know, you know you've made a choice like that once, but somehow, somehow for you, the gospel has lost its power. Somehow you know, your heart's gone a bit cold and you, you actually just need to, you know, God hasn't gone anywhere, but, but you know, he, and he's, he's not putting a distance between you and him. He's just saying, here I am. I want you to come back. If that's you, I would include you in this prayer too. If, if you want to do that for the first time, you've, you've never done that, or you need to make that commitment to him, just slip your hand up right where you are and say, hey, Dave, that's me. Praise God. Praise God. Is there anybody else here that needs to do that? Give me a quick wave. If you're online, just send me a message and, and we will get in contact with you on that. Let's pray together. This is a, a, a really important prayer. This is what the power of the gospel is all about. Because, you know, the power of the gospel is that in a moment, everything can change for you. It takes a while to sort stuff out as we journey through a life with Jesus. But in a moment, your spirit is actually has this supernatural thing where it is actually set free and it becomes totally new. And if you'd like to be part of that now, please pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I believe that you are the Son of God. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price of my sin. Right now, I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit. From this day forward, I choose to follow you. Amen. Come on. I'm not ashamed to ask people do they want to pray that prayer I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel let the church say amen come on let's stand up and let's declare that on this resurrection Sunday 
because I, I think we are all coming into a season and a time where the power of the gospel is actually going to be seen like we've never seen it before. We are, we're not waiting. We're not waiting for revival. We're not waiting for God to do, or, you know, get all the elements and get everything lined up. Because when Jesus died on the cross, He got it lined up. It's actually a God who's waiting for us to step in to the power of the gospel and for a church to say Amen and start stepping in and stepping out. Come on, let's praise Him, lift His name up and allow Him to do something in us right now. I believe that Christ is my Savior. Oh, for love, He plundered my heart from the grave. This is the simple gospel. I believe that Christ is Redeemer. Oh, for love, He saved. still, if you're in the building right now. Come on, let's say amen over some of the situations that we've got going on. Uh, I know regularly online, people are believing for breakthrough in families. They're, they're believing for breakthrough in financial situations. They're, there's all sorts of things going on. Let's start to declare those and say amen over those right now. Lord, we, we just declare that the power of the gospel and your love, there is no situation, there is no circumstance that it can't reach. There, there is no geographic boundary to that. And as we hold these things up right now, where, you know, where, where, where families and things sometimes are, are, are broken and things have gone wrong and stuff is, it, it's just breaking people's hearts. Lord, we say amen to breakthrough in those situations right now. We say amen to, you know, to children that are estranged from parents. We say amen to, uh, to, to people that, that struggle sometimes as, as solo parents and find, thinking, how, have I, how am I going to have the strength to do that? We say amen that you're going to empower them, that you will see 
see them through in Jesus' name. We say amen to people who are struggling to to get free of of addictions in in all sorts of areas. Lord, we thank you that you're going to break through in those right now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I I just um, want to pray for a couple of people and we'll... We'll, we'll close online in just a moment. But maybe you're online now and, and you're just right where you are. And I alluded to it early in the service. You know, you just need to feel, you just need to feel the presence and the power of God in your situation. Because that's what Resurrection Sunday is about. It's not about, it's not about us as Christians struggling through. It's, it's about Christians being the most empowered people in the world. And there might be people here and you just, you really do need to sense the power of God in your situation this morning. I want to encourage you, Hannah. I I just felt that, you know, there's, Jesus wants to reach you right now in, in, in power, in power. And and I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I'm actually just going to stand right here because I just want you to know that it's not about me or it's not about anything else. It's actually just about our God. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for Hannah. Thank you that you have so much in her life. You have a calling ahead of her. And as she thinks through things and wonders about stuff right now, I thank you that that you want to reach her right where she is. And Lord, I pray that she would not just not just know, not just know about you, not, not just know that you're there, but she would experience right now your love your acceptance and your power. Even this week as she finds herself in situations, thinks, what am I going to do about that? That the power of God will be evident in that for her. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I just believe that that this week there's going to be some breakthroughs for you. That that you're going to just face stuff. They might be just little things. mightn't mean anything to anybody else. But to you, you're going to know that the power of God is working in that situation. If you, if you just need the, the power of God in, in, in something in your world right now, why don't you just raise our hands, if that's you. Come on. Let the church say amen. We don't, <laughs> we don't serve a historical figure. We, we actually serve the risen, resurrected, powerful Jesus who overcame sin and death. That, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and he, he actually doesn't want you to, to walk around wondering. He actually wants to meet you in power. Lord, I thank you that the hands raised across this place this morning. There are, are people online right now and, and symbolically they have hands raised right now. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that, that, that they would actually feel your power right now. That there are people they are sensing stuff that's beyond their control. That you're going to empower them in it. They're going to sense that you are there. That, that there is breakthrough. There, there, is, there is stuff that's falling off people right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, we, we say amen to the, the power of addictions coming off people. We pray amen to the power of, of negative thinking coming off people right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that there are people here that are they're struggling in their finances and, and you're going to empower them to make new decisions. You're going to empower them to, to see things actually change and they're going to feel it right now they're going to feel it right now in their spirit thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus we thank you your love we thank you for your acceptance we thank you for your grace 
Even though we don't deserve it, you love us so much, you're crazy about us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if, um, if you've been joining us online this morning, we're so glad you have been, and you are very welcome. Great to have you in our, in our room here in this part of the world. Um, we're going to close online now, but we continue to pray for you. We continue to stand with you and believe with you. So, you know, stay connected during the week. Let us know some of the things that are happening in your world, and we will continue to pray and believe as we, as we connect in that forum. So God bless. It's been great to have you here this morning.